time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. You know, it's not often that we have a guest. I mean, everyone typically likes our guests, but you are the one guest that everyone was like, oh my gosh, that was so great. She's got to come oh back. Oh my God, amazing. My, my wife, my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. You have to like say it every time, right? She, She's like, I don't even care what she talks about. I just think she's the most insanely cool person I've ever met. And I'm like... Well, yes, she is, but like, what about me? <laughs> you hey, know, you don't, you don't need him. You got me. Yeah, Marry right. me. <laughs> right. We're friends. We're yeah. friends already. I've never even met her. How amazing. Yeah. She's just like, I, you know, I got so much like praise for when you were on there. There was people that like listened to the podcast and then in my head, maybe fallen off and I'm, you know, by word of mouth, it's like, Hey, this is one of you should guys like really check out, you know, and then. Um, I was like, I get it. You know, it's two hours long. It's, you know, it's a long time for a podcast, but um, everyone was like, that was great. Like, she's the best. Like, why does she, why does she know you? (laughs) Oh no, don't be daft. No. Hey, you're, you're amazing too. I think it was, it was, it was, Hey, 50% of the conversation was me. The other 50% was you. Yeah. Well, technically 25% you, 25% Jacob. I don't know. I'm I'm not good at maths. (laughs) Me neither. Literally my worst subject in school really um, same yeah, yeah you know not... what you get to you get to real life and there is no algebra so they lie to us well i don't know what they told you in school but they always told <laughs> us that they're like oh you'll never have access to a calculator like you need to learn how to do this formula and it's like same yes yes like, you're so yeah. full of shit you absolutely are like literally no one and Pyth- don't even get me started on pythagoras's bloody theorem yeah who needs that when who's ever had to use that in their daily life maybe an engineer <laughs> But I Even feel then, like, I'm sure they've got programs. I'm yeah, I was sure gonna say, they've got calculus built into a spreadsheet or a CAD CAM something or other. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, could you imagine being at a job and you're just like, hold on, boss, let me let me do this. Or you're you're typing up a paper, right? Like for for instance, for something for you, you're typing up a review and then you're like, hold on, boss, I've got to um, diagram this sentence. <laughs> You know, it's just like, I, I mean, I get it. You know, you learn you, some of that stuff's like important to learn how like the structure of stuff, but it's just like they harp on the wrong things in school. And it's just like, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time like bitching and complaining about education and the education system here in America. And that, you know, I understand that it's, it's great for a lot of people, but based off things that I've experienced firsthand, I'm just like, it's shit. Like, like it's so bad and college in general was just like I can't say a gigantic waste of time because you know I met that's where I met my wife and stuff but it was just like you have this 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 you know grand idea of what college is going to be like and then you get there and it's all just sitting in a in an auditorium and your professor is going over uh a powerpoint presentation like it's literally all it was so you're just sitting here and just like you know yeah seven o'clock in the morning it's like I got up 
you know this early for this shit so yeah no totally I I was on a podcast recently with a guy called um Jack Foley he's a lovely lad and he has a podcast called the A to B podcast and it's all about uh how professionals get into jobs and he contacted me and was like do you want to do a little talk on it and be a guest and I was like yeah okay because I also have fundamental problems with the education system in the UK as well and the fact that you are you're almost funneled down one way of thinking right so it's almost like okay in the same way that I think societal pressure funnels you into you uh get married you have kids you have a job like obviously all those things are exciting awesome things about being alive but there's no one order to do them in there's no pressure to do them by a certain time of your life and I think school is also like a very institutionalized thing of like right you get your GCSEs done which is cool you know that's great everyone does that on the same uh, path together and then it's like if you don't go to uni that's kind of I mean recently it's been a bit better they've opened up like apprenticeships and obviously college over here is sort of like the I know you guys have colleges university our university is what your college is but um yeah it just sort of I feel like there's a real pressure to like you get a degree and that's it you've made it you're gonna get a job and it's not always like that Mm -hmm. and no one really mentions that and it leads to a lot of real graduate depression where people come straight out of uni college for you guys and they're like I've got a degree I can do anything and then it's like yeah you're probably going to be making cappuccinos for a while I did cappuccinos for a while (laughs) before I got my first proper job exactly and that's a rite of passage you know like there's no shame in it everyone does it and it's great everyone should do it everyone should do it exactly Alex I'm so with you but yeah it's just one of those things that I think is is uh, a myth about uni everyone goes thinking and it's a shame because people think they failed and they haven't you know they'll just kind of take a bit longer you're kind of told a lie basically yeah yeah you're also I think this is something that I mentioned I can't remember if I had this conversation with you and Jacob before but you're also expected to know what the hell you want to do with your life by the time you're like 16 yeah when I was 16 like god I was a bloody idiot (laughs) I mean I didn't know it everyone yeah you're such a such a young age to put that amount of weight on your shoulders like who knows at that age and you're kind of expected to pick a career path and then stick Mm -hmm. to it and yeah I don't know I feel like school can be a little bit it should be a bit more free but Anyway, yeah. when we run when we run the world we'll be able right. to practice well. in place yeah <laughs> i know yeah. that like of course you know if our parents go things were a lot different because then college was literally something that was like okay you are at a higher standard quote unquote than yeah. your peers but you know and so they were able to get a job my, my dad didn't go to college but you know that generation where they were able mm-hmm. to go to college and get a job right out right and yeah. so as time has went on and more and more people go to college, it's like, okay, well, if everybody's doing the same thing you are, you no longer stand out. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like currency, you know, it's like, if there's more of something, it goes down in value, right? It's as simple as that. And and I think, yeah, that's the thing is that now everyone's got to here. It's all about (laughs) trade school. So like, you know, everybody goes to college and then they don't really do like, you know, trade stuff anymore. So you know, I had a friend who I worked with who was like, he was going to school and he was kind of, and he was a smart guy. And he was just like, man, this is mm-hmm. like, you know, this is like a waste of time. He dropped out and then went and got his HVAC certification and dude makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. And he's like less, and he's younger than I am because again, nobody does that stuff anymore. Everybody yeah. goes to college. Everybody does that. And so that entire pool gets, you know, diluted mm-hmm. with the, you know, not to say that, there isn't value in all that stuff, but it's just, yeah. you know, when, when I was in high school, when I was a junior or a little bit into a sophomore, so into junior year, it's like, okay, you need to go down the college path or you need to go down mm. the technical path. But then it was kind of a stigma if you went down the, the technical path, because it's Same. like, oh, yeah. you're, 
okay so you're not yeah. you're you know you're just going to be like this scum of the earth you're just going to be somebody that you know it's just that's like such a shame because yeah. not only is there like a financial gap i feel like we've got really political all of a sudden <laughs> Alex, it's fine. but it's it's so true like not only is there a you know a financial gap there for people and you know coming from a working class background i totally get that um but also the fact that that might not necessarily be the thing that gets you to where you want to go in life like if you want to be a like if you want to work in wildlife conservation for example like you could go and actually do more of an internship thing overseas in in sort of impoverished countries or something you know there are there are lots of places mm-hmm. where you can actually work that are more befitting to your craft than just sat in a classroom staring at a powerpoint presentation oh. uni is not the only way to do it and for so long that was like oh well if you don't go to uni then like you say you're you're somehow lesser like no if you want to go and be a mechanic go and work in a garage for a bit it's cool you'll get way more experience than you probably would at uni there is no right or wrong answer nobody everybody doesn't learn the same way my wife is extremely good at sitting in class listening okay Mm. taking down that information and she was a great student Mm. but me i'm a hands-on learner i do something once or twice yep. and like yep. I know more practical yeah and yeah, so totally. it's like listening to somebody blabble on about oh you know this is that and it's like i don't give a shit man like i don't mm. care my favorite yeah. classes in college were the ones that were not there was not a hindrance on whether or not you pass or fail a test because again this mm. is you know uh, this is like beating a dead drum but you know a test is designed to make you fail not to test on what you know mm. and so yeah you know is that should that be what a test is about should it be okay well do you know this material or you know Mm. are are we trying to you know to see if because all it is is you know you know memorizing this regurging the information and then forgetting it you're not actually and that's the thing there are so many people who i know at school who would literally just because they had like photographic memory or whatever they would sponge up a textbook and then go in there like dump it or brain dump it all on paper and then forget about it immediately and to be honest to some degree i was irritating that person like i have an a in physics i can't tell you (laughs) shit about physics god knows how i did it and even now i look back and i'm like man that's a natural qualification i have that i don't think like i can tell you how gravity works and that's about it (laughs) so yeah (laughs) i had i got an a in history and it's just like well it's because you know the history that we are taught, I think we talked about this last time, it doesn't mm, cha- it yeah. doesn't change, you know, from, you know, the time you're in like second or third grade to the time that you get, you know, into college, it's, mm. it's pretty much the same thing. You know, math is always, you know, there's variables and everything changes and, you know, but like it's pretty set in stone about like, you know, what happened in the past. So it's like, mm. and that's easy. And that, that theory of being able to apply stuff and like, okay, well I can just put this on here. So that was easy. So, but it was, I have a really good memory, like a really dumb, like very specific memory, but Mm. like it did not help me in school whatsoever, I guess, because I didn't give a shit about what they were talking about, you know, Mm. and it was, you know, you have that constant battle mentally about like, am I ever going to use this? And it's like trying to convince yourself that you need to know this. I'll, you know, Mm. I got an A in English and writing and and like literature and stuff like that but i can see that you're you're really eloquent like you're really well spoken and yeah that's that's easy you've definitely got away with words too you know and so it was those things were fun because also in writing class it's you write a paper and you're graded on your paper and and your structure not about all this other stuff so you know it is what it is it's you know we could sit here and harp about it all day and it's you know it sounds very woe is me like oh and you know (laughs) you know the generation clash that is constantly going on but um we're you, just thinking optimistically, improving, yeah. aren't we? How can yeah. we make the world better? I think everyone yeah. needs that. Absolutely. You know, and that should be what we all strive to do. Um, 
but you are out here making everybody look bad. You got another award. I did. I did. I can't believe it. I was absolutely over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. That's a, yeah, that's the second one I've got in. in so just what was over... this award about? So basically it's um, uh, the write up on it. I think I posted it and so did yeah. my company. Thank you on, uh, <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, but it's just, it's kind of a, there's different categories. It's an internal award. So it's like within my company, but obviously my company, um, IGN itself is pretty big, but they're also mm-hmm. owned by a, uh, a bigger company called Ziff Davis, who yep. I sometimes refer to as Ziff Daddy. Ziff and Daddy. Uh, Ziff Daddy, they, um, yeah, this is an award that kind of goes out internally to um, colleagues across like the globe who work for them. And um, it was, a, there's different categories. Some are in leadership, some are in like efficiency, and mine was in efficiency. So I think it's just a case of like how well I, I work I guess like it, it's them saying you're a very efficient human you you do a lot um and the write-up was you know you do the jobs of like four people Solid. and I was like yeah there we go I'll have that in writing thank you very much <laughs> um and I think to be honest it's kind of true like I mean obviously the UK side of IGN is much smaller than the US which is understandable um because you know the UK US is a much bigger country um but yeah I definitely I think there's probably multiple humans overseas who do the job that I do here in the UK. So it, okay. it's, yeah, it's a good thing to know that I am, uh, I have lots of, lots of tasks and lots of skills, I guess. Um, but yeah, I didn't see it coming and it was really lovely. I was thrilled. It's always good to get recognized for your hard always, work, even, yeah. even when it's just like, you know, just a pat on the back. Hey, good job. You know, like I really appreciate yeah. that. Obviously it's better when you get an award and more people recognize it rather than, you know, your boss telling you, Hey, you know, so nobody else sees it. Cause they don't want to, be seen praising yeah. you or whatever <laughs> well my manager actually is is really supportive like he's absolutely brilliant he's not uh, he, he's kind of it sounds really bad but he he's brilliant at giving praise but he also isn't the kind of person that i think some people can give too much praise and it almost doesn't mean anything okay um because they overdo it and it doesn't become as as much of a challenge to impress them but my manager's always been somebody who is like a challenge to impress in some ways, but also always gives give credit where credit's due. And he's very diligent with that. And um, he, yeah, he's put me forward for, he obviously put me forward for a couple of awards before, but he's also put me forward for 30 under 30 in my industry. So that's really exciting. And I don't know if I probably won't win, but even if I don't, I'm like, dude, someone, someone, you know, thinks I, I could be one of 30, just 30 people. I mean, quick maths, 29 plus one, 30 people <laughs> you know like that's yeah. really cool so and obviously i'm 30 next year so i could be sliding under there like indiana jones grabbing my hat on the way out there you go so yeah fingers well, i don't know the other the other candidates but i'm gonna say that you win oh well thank you very much if you are can make you... a badge though that would be nice <laughs> are you someone who accepts like praise easily because i have found that i am not that person like obviously you know I take it and I appreciate it. But like when someone tells me, oh, you know, like I really appreciate this, you know, thank you so much. I'm just like, yeah, like mm. no problem. Like I, it's like a weird feeling when someone like gives you praise. I just, I've never been mm. able, I mean, I'm 31, about to be 32 this year. And I have never been able to like, I accept it. Like, but it, mm. it always makes me feel weird. Like the biggest thing <laughs> for me is like, there will be people like, okay, this I like I am a great dad. Like I know I'm a great dad, but it's the the weird standard at which I'm being held to. It's like I'm just a dad. I'm I, you know I play, <laughs> I, play, I play with my daughter and I do the things that dads are supposed to do. So mm. when te- people tell me, obviously when my dad when my my wife tells me and my daughter tells me, oh you know you're the best. Like yes, of course I am mm. the best. But 
when other people tell me like, Oh my gosh, you're just so good with her. And it's just like, I'm just being a dad. So it's like always, weird. you know, it's always weird. And it's just like when someone, you know, if someone handed me a award, it's like, uh, okay. Like a buddy of mine was like, you know, I really appreciate you guys. Like you guys, you know, I love, I love the work that you do, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And it's like, Oh, you know, that's nice. Even though I think you're drunk. And it's like, he's like, no, he's like, <laughs> and he was like, I'm not drinking. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know about that. I think, I think, yeah. you know, cause those sort of things come out when people drink. Let me it. smell your breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, is it easy for you to accept praise? No, because I'm, I mean, you're obviously an honorary Brit because British people, especially, we are very, very self-deprecating and we just don't enjoy it. It makes us really uncomfortable. Um, I remember the first time I ever won any award because I was never really one of those, you know, you get those like really sort of um, Hermione Granger kids at school who just win everything. (laughs) I was never that, never that human. And then I got to, um, amen to that. I was always the person that I never even got to be in a nativity. I'm not even religious, but I was never picked for the nativity. I'd have made a badass sheep. No one saw it. Um, anyway, I, uh, the first award I ever got was for a radio presenting. And, um, I remember I actually won two awards, uh, running theme here. Hey, in the same night. And I remember like being so shocked that I won the first award that I downed a bottle of red wine because I was that nervous and that awkward at actually having accepted the first award. Yeah. But by the time they called me for the second award, I was so drunk. I didn't even realize what an award was. And they dragged me onto the stage and tried to make me do a speech about it. And I was just sort of like, oh, <laughs> neither would. This is great. It was absolutely <laughs> off my face. And um, yeah, I do I do find it really awkward. I, I think it's, it's one of those things where, I don't, I don't know if you do the deflect thing. I think a lot of Brits do this where someone goes, oh, your dress is really nice. And they go, oh no, it's, it's shit. <laughs> like it's almost a way of like, oh, I've had it for ages. Or like, oh, it smells bad. Or, you know, oh, it's uh, this old thing kind of thing. But we do it in an even worse way where we just sort of deflect the compliment. I, jo- um, I jokingly yeah, say great. when people like, you know, oh, you know, I love the podcast. And it's like, well, yeah, we all know why you like it. It's because of Jacob, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm just a person. Like everyone, like Jacob's the star of the show. Like, you know, we always say that just cause it's like, I don't know, obviously there's an inherent like ability. If you have a podcast, I mean, you have one. So mm. it's like you genuinely like, like to talk and you, you want mm. more and more people to hear it. So obviously, you know, it's nice when people say something nice to you, but it's like, that's not why we do it, but it's also like, I don't, it's 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 a hard thing to explain you know mm, taking it's like you don't do it for the gratification you right. do it because you love doing it yeah, right yeah so you know and you know it's it's unfair when i listen to your podcast because i'm just like i just it's not even you know not to compare ourselves but it's just like you just do such a good job and it's like if there was awards for podcasting which there are i just don't know you know <laughs> there's no like it's not like the academy awards where like there's just you know because there's so many but it's just, i Short listen to tons, it yeah and i'm just like it's just not even like fair like i personally i don't i didn't <laughs> care about knights of the old republic i'm not a big star wars person but i listened to the whole damn thing and i'm just like this is so good like it's just Aww. so good you this know. is again, again you see i'm i'm doing the thing i'm like oh what can i say oh well, <laughs> yeah, just make you feel great. super yeah maybe for right? really of my hands are just ringing out um yeah I, I well i think the same thing with you guys like the thing is you say you know you joke about our oh, jacob's the star but i think for a podcast to be really successful and to work really well you need people who have a great relationship right and i think you know that is something that you and jacob have like it's not either of you that is like um, you're both amazing but you're both even more incredible because it's the two of you chatting that is so indeed like it's it just really 
uh, it's very real, it's very natural, it's like listening to two friends down the pub. That's something that even if you put the two best podcasters in the world together, you you still might not get that. You yeah. know, you need to have that relationship. So I think that's a, a real good thing. That's what you want to hold on to for sure. And, Speaking uh, let's of look pubs. for some pod- Oh yeah, pub pub pubs. Yours are they open? Uh, yes, only outside though. Okay. So only for beer gardens. Um, they don't open indoors for I think I don't think that's until maybe maybe like June time. Okay. Um, or maybe oh actually I don't know maybe maybe even sooner. I've, I've to be honest I've kind of lost track of the old uh, the old roadmap. But yeah, they are open, but you can only sit outside. And at the moment, every man and his dog are naturally going because they're all excited that the pubs have yeah. reopened. So getting a seat, getting a table is a nightmare. So I actually haven't been out for that classic pub yet, pub drink yet. At the moment, my face. I don't know about you, but my Facebook feed is just littered with people who've had their first haircut, their first pint. <laughs> Or they've been to the gym. Like there's a rule of three. If yeah. you haven't been to the gym, if you haven't had your first pint in a beer garden, and if you haven't, you know, gone and got your air cut, then why are you even talking? <laughs> they're the what most popular things. Exactly. Yeah. They're the things in Britain at the moment that everyone's raving about because they've just reopened. So hair salons are now open again. Uh, I'm getting tattooed, not next week, but the week after. So that's um, tattoo parlors are open again. Uh nail salons all the kind of stuff that you know people touching you basically that's all oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah human contact it's back human contact yeah (laughs) um how many tattoos do you have i have i think about 10 jesus yeah oh where's yours i think (laughs) you showed me before oh yes mine's uh from uncharted sig parvis magna that was it. Yes, yeah. that's a badass tattoo. Yeah, I'm trying. Cool. I'm. I'm. I'm looking to get another one for my daughter, but the, I talked to Jacob. Not about on this. your daughter. For your daughter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So her name is Zoe, and it starts with a Z. But like, yes. I don't know if you've seen the recent uprising. I don't know if that's the correct word, but uh, people <laughs> are getting Z's tattooed, and um, like Generation Z. Is getting oh, tattoos right and okay, so yeah. the z that they're using is what used to be used as a nazi symbol oh dear so oh dear so it's ouch <laughs> come on generations and generation z come on so we've kind of had to reevaluate what you know because my wife also wants to go she has two and she wants to get another one for for zoe but it's kind of like well i don't want to just do a name like her name we want to do something you know more special than that so it's kind of like you know what you know what do we do so um when did you what's the legal age for tattoos there 16 18 18 18. yeah i think a lot of people do get them a little bit earlier like 16 17 i feel like there's a bit of a craze in the uk where uh your mate will get a tattoo machine god knows how they do uh there's always there's always that one kid who has a really shit tattoo done at like 16 because his mate wanted to practice on him and it's always something absolutely awful um like a star on his hip or something or like a tramp stamp um but um yeah no we 18 technically okay yeah When, when did you get your first one I was actually, I think I was nearly 20. So I was quite, I wasn't like rushing straight out. I'm actually, it's weird to say it. I'm actually terrified of needles. Really? (laughs) Which is so stupid because having like 10 toes, that's really daft. But I don't like the idea of hypodermic needles. There's something about, I'm quite squeamish. And the idea of something piercing my skin, going into my skin, like a blood test or like a, you know, like a kind of an injection really freaks me out. 
so for ages I put off having a tattoo even though I really think they're I think they're awesome um mm-hmm. because I thought it would be a bit like that actually when you get a tattoo it's totally different like it really just it is a needle obviously it's several needles but mm-hmm. it just kind of scratches the surface in it's a like way a that thing. Yeah, it, well, it kind of feels like a cat scratch. If it, you know how a cat, if a cat yeah. catches you with its claw and it kind of makes that like searing pain, it doesn't hurt like to the point where you're just like screaming, but it just feels like a bit uncomfortable. It's like a burning. Um, yes, yeah, it is like a burning. It definitely feels very hot. Yeah. Um, and I would say that it's a bit like a, somebody once described it to me as if you've got sunburn and you rub a toothbrush over it, and I oh. was like. Oh, that's sound, yeah. enjoy, that sounds horrible, but it's kind of accurate. Um, yeah, it's just like it's not agony, but it's obviously like a little bit of discomfort while you're there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I really was so scared of needles that I didn't do it for ages. And then finally, when I did it, I was like, oh, that's not too bad. And I uh, mine's on my ribs, so I went with like oh, on your <laughs> first one, yeah. dude. Oh, that's so brave. And like oh. I had to lay sideways, and my arm was up over this way, so my arm fell asleep. <laughs> Was, just like, <laughs> was it a bit like paint me like one of your french girls yeah a little bit <laughs> on, a, on a chaise lounge as this guy with like <sighs> super gauged ears and like i mean tattooed head to toe so but, i mean it was mm. <clears throat> it was fine you know it was whatever um you're you have a sleeve i have well yeah i mean they're actually technically they're kind of i suppose like a a half sleeve as such i've got i've got two big pieces on my lower arms and um they sort of at a distance i think they look like a sleeve but they're not actually complete all the way around um but i I intend to eventually much to my mother's dismay so hey listen it's your body you can do what you want (laughs) when i first had my had my first tattoo done my mom literally bless her she did not speak to me for like about i don't know three or four hours like it was really awkward because i don't think she you know she obviously she likes tattoos um just not on you <laughs> yeah I, I don't think she's naturally like crazy about them because she now has one of her own like she's got okay. one on her foot now um because did you did you her. not talk to her for three or four hours <laughs> well i was going to but she did it as a dare because well as a bet i am a terrible driver and i was going to pass going for my driving test and i jokingly said to her I'm such a bad driver that if I pass this driving test, you have to get a tattoo. And uh, I passed. So she had to get a tattoo. So I think she was particularly happy about it, but she was a woman of her word and she stuck to it. So good on her. Um, but yeah, no, she really wasn't happy at first, but she came around. It's amazing you bring up driving tests because it has recently come to my, uh, my knowledge that your driving test is much different than ours here because you, I'm trying to find it exactly. Um, when you guys drive, do you have L's and P's on the back of your car? Yes, yes. So would I blow your mind if I told you we don't have those here? So you have no idea who is basically uh-huh. a so, disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> so at the age of 15, you can get your learner's permit. And right. you have to have it. It's been a while since I've had one. But you mm-hmm. have to have it for up to, it's like nine, you have to have it nine months. before. You have to have it for, for nine months prior to taking your driver's license so you don't necessarily have to get it right when you turn 15 a lot of people do wow, okay um it might be a year i don't know for some reason nine months stands out um right. but you get you know you take you have that and obviously you can't drive anywhere without your parents or whatever um yeah. and then you get your driver's license at 16 and then <clears throat> you get a year of that and then once you hit 17 you get an upgraded license Meaning that you can now, because st- like at 16, you're not supposed to stay out past like 10 o'clock. You're not supposed to do like all, you know, it's basically 
supposed to be for you to drive to school and to drive to work kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> You're not supposed to be going across country at the age of 16 <laughs> sort of thing. Road um, trip. But outside of, you know, we have in high school, I don't know if they still teach it, but when I was there, you had a um, driver's education where you would get into the car. It would be you and the driving instructor, your teacher, and then two of your classmates in there with you. And you guys took turns kind of doing whatever. And there's a thing on top that says, you know, student driver. So outside of that, you have no idea you about literally have no idea. None. Wow. And you're literally they're just like you're 16. You pass this test. And let me just tell you, the test is is horseshit anyways you just uh, have to put your seatbelt on and they're like cool i mean you you're, not, you're not far off obviously it's different where you grow up you know if you grow up yeah. in a big city you probably have to like learn how to parallel park and get on and off the highway and all this shit yeah, yeah. i, I <clears throat> here was my test so <laughs> i i i arrive and you take the you take a you know like the a computer test and it's like you gotta know like well if if the red light is red what do you do oh <laughs> uh, so you have two parts to it do you have like yes. the theory and the practical cool gotcha. yeah so you have the writing test which and you're allowed to miss like a bunch you have to make like a 70 and it's like a 50 question quiz and i mean oh, it's man, ours is like a 90 yeah well and we the, don't we don't even learn till we're 17 god <laughs> really <laughs> yeah which is why because you can drink beer at 16 um no 18 18, 18 and then the alcohol UK. at 21 yeah, yeah. right yeah but you okay. can have sex at 16 so basically you're allowed to have a baby you're allowed to get pregnant but you can't drive or drink i mean come I think on the legal age here <laughs> is 18 for sex but it's like oh it's so I mean, crazy like you know, you know it's whatever i guess it's up to the parents to be more responsible at that point but whatever <laughs> um so like you know i take i take the test and i had learned how to drive basically when i was 14 years old because my dad was like okay here we go we're gonna go to the high school parking lot and you're gonna learn how to drive i learned how to drive on a stick shift oh. um so a manual and so when i took the test i took i did it in an automatic just to make sure like okay there's no problems i i you know i passed it the first time but literally i part i pull out of the parking lot I had to stop. I make a right. I go down the road. I make a right at the stop sign to get onto the, on the, uh, it's not even the highway. It was just the main road at that point. You go down like half a mile, stop at a red light, make a right, <laughs> stop, go to the stop <laughs> sign, make a right. No left turns in this thing, by the way, make yeah. a right, go down, pull into the parking lot. And I had to, the only thing that was like different is rather than pull in, I had to, I had to back up into the parking lines and then you get out and they like, looks, that was it. I missed that was it. I missed, oh my god that's it no highway no like interstate driving no like stopping on a hill and you didn't going. have to do like a reverse like a reverse nope. around a corner nope. or something because nope. that's a bastard nope. oh my god um but i know that like that was i took that in tennessee so like i grew up in northern virginia where i know that the test was a little different you had to learn how to parallel park because a lot of the parking yeah. is you know it's you know i can't so. imagine can you imagine learning in san francisco where the roads are literally yeah. on a gradient of like yeah basically imagine doing it in a manual Oh God! Well, I mean, a lot of the time it's automatic, isn't it? But yeah. that's crazy. Can you imagine having a hill start like that? That's what my dad made me do. Like we would go, and he would take me to a hill, and he'd be like, "Okay, I need you to stop." And it's just like you're 14 years old, and it's like, "Yeah, oh yeah. my God!" And so then you got to, you know, stop. And he's like, "Okay, mm. now I need you to go." And so it's like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> so it's just like what you got to do. But um, yeah, I mean, that was that that was my uh, the two things I missed was I didn't stop completely at a stop sign, like I didn't come to a complete stop. And I didn't yeah. stop completely at a red light. And to this day, I still do those things because I, you know, I've been driving long enough. If I'm, if I see a stop sign or a red light, cause you know, most places here are right on red, I guess there it's left on red. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah so be, here yeah. it's right on red. And so if there's nobody coming, I'm not stopping completely just to turn around and go like, obviously if yeah. there's, 
it's more of a yield. I use those as yeah, yields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right because I think most people they learn how you're supposed to drive like yeah. technically it's yeah. like the whole thing with the wheel like people say you're supposed to have like you're not supposed to cross your hands over when you turn the wheel but everyone does it because it's yeah. easier and it's like you you kind of you learn how to drive on like a top tier level and then yeah. you sort of just like drop all these little bad habits as you go mm-hmm. and that's cool everyone does that so did you pass the first time i did nice one congratulations well done do you all have different licenses for manuals and automatics um i think we can do yeah okay. i think you can get because i my, i passed my driving test on my second attempt and mine is for my license is for a manual and an automatic because okay. i learned in a manual so i can do i can do either but you can get like an automatic specific license where you can just drive automatics um so you, you can sort of pick really i i did a manual um i also embarrassed myself really badly during my second driving test because i was so so nervous and my guy was absolutely lovely he was a really nice chap and we were driving around sort of like doing all the stuff that you didn't do you know all the turn in the roads all the parallel parking all that stuff and um he was sort of giving me directions like you say you know left here turn here take the second exit at the roundabout all that all that stuff and um, then we were sort of chatting, like, because they did you did your guy or, or or lady give you small talk to kind of make you feel a bit better? No, the dude was old and like what hated his life. Really? Oh my god! My guy was called Roger, and he was like, uh, "So Amy, uh, I think they 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 talked to you to try and calm you down." Yeah. So he could tell I was really nervous. So he kind of started asking me like, "So where are you from?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, Wellingborough, blah blah blah." And he said, uh, uh, "So you know uh, whereabouts and stuff like that." And then he kind of said, "What do you do for a living, for a job?" And I was like, uh, "Oh, I work at because at the time I worked at a radio station." So I said, "Oh, I'm a copywriter. I work at a radio station." And then just because I was that nervous and just the sheer like force of politeness that comes over you when you're in a conversation and it's meant to be a two-way street, I just like, without even missing a beat, just went, what do you do, Roger? (laughs) And there was this just like this silence. And then he just sort of went, I'm a driving instructor. Like, bless him. (laughs) He played into it. He was like, I'm a driving instructor. And I was like, right cool okay but yeah so um but yeah congrats first time man that's great not to be sniffed at yeah right um so the l means learning yes yeah l L is for learner driver if you see an l you know that it's a learner driver if it's a p i believe the green p not many people do this but i think the green p is meant to be when you've recently passed so it's kind of a case of like i have passed my test but just i it's basically if you're not that confident you slap it on your car so people know that you've recently learned basically yeah well, I wish we had something like that here, but it's also, you know, I'm in the theory that every 10 years you should have to retake the driving test. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say that. Not necessarily yeah. the writing part, because, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, 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 the rules don't really change that much. And they probably yeah. don't change. And the muscle memory as well is there, right. isn't it? I think it's more like you say the road rules and stuff yes. and who's got right of way, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I've, I, I talk about it all the time. You know, I've been to New York. Uh, I, I grew up in a big city, you know, I've been to big cities and yeah, sure. There's a lot of people. So it seems like they're the worst drivers, but um, you know, where I live hands down the worst drivers like on, on the planet, or at least in, oh, in, in, at least in the United States, because you can hit the state line and it's just like a snap of a finger. People just start riding their brakes. They just, they, <laughs> people don't know what turn signals are. They're just like, nah, nah, that came with my car. It was free, but I'm just not going to use it. Cause you know, fuck you. And who gives a shit if you need to know where I'm going? You know, it's oh, just like, oh, it's the worst. And like, I'm a pretty mild mannered person, but like, I'm at my worst 
as a mm. human being when I'm on the road, just because like, I just, I don't know. It just, it is. Well, I imagine you sometimes got Zoe in the car too, right? You know, that's going to yeah. be something it, that you're worrying about. Clearly, you know, it's, it's someone's life that exactly. you've got to protect. So, and you know, I am a bit of an aggressive driver. Like that's, you know, <laughs> that I am, you know, if, if this, you know, it's just, this is mm. how this is how I am, and you know, if it, the speed limit's forty five, and like there's no one in front of you, but you've got someone off your ass, it's kind of like, okay, you either need to get off the road or you need to go because, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Again, and that you know, it's very self centered because it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't have anywhere to go, but I mm. do. I don't want to be stuck on the road for thirty five minutes when I can get home in fifteen, sort of thing. So it's, you yeah. know, I, you know, but again, and then it's just, it just, it's mind boggling how bad people are at driving and this mm. you know it is what it is but um i we totally skipped over but do you have a favorite pub that you oh like? uh, yeah we were talking about pubs weren't we yeah. um i love we went straight from drink to driving look at yeah. that yeah there you go um don't do those by the way <laughs> don't do those um my favorite pub i yeah i loved this question and i really thought hard about it um, I would say there is a pub in, God, I hope it's still open because I haven't been back. Um, and obviously we've had the pandemic, so yeah. fingers crossed it survived. Um, but there's a pub in a city called Leicester where I went to uni or college for you. And, uh, it's called Firebug and they do awesome cocktails, like the best, it's all gaming themed as well. Oh, okay. So I remember going in there and, uh, they have like these glass tabletops, which have got like arcade machines inside them. Okay. So, it's so like when you look down it's a barcade it's a barcade so when you look down you can see like um uh like a little pac-man and stuff or like gallagher or whatever like underneath the table which is really sick uh and they have they have one cocktail which i remember fondly uh called the incredible hulk and it was okay. like bright neon green um i can't remember uh exactly what was in it i think it was midori but it was absinthe. just it was so probably absinthe it was so tasty and fruity and they also had live music there as well so yeah it was a super geeky bar with live music and great cocktails what's not to what's not to like what about you I, well i am not a drinker so ah, I, that is. yeah so i you know i can go to those places but it's also like it's just you know it's sometimes the atmosphere is nice you know right. like i don't always necessarily go to get drunk do you or to even have right. a drink sometimes it's just the environment that's nice most places here are just bars and they're like sports bars and um being that i'm not a fan of any of the local teams Mm. Um, it's kind of just like, you know, you know, yeah, but we're not, we're not huge also as parents too. We're not big, um, proponents of like going out and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, ah, we'll just stay at home. You know, I home is my comfort place. I am a homebody. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, totally. I can go out and, and, and do all that, but it's like, uh, mm. you know, I had a conversation with someone earlier. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like a balance between like, okay, you know, this is great, but mm. you know, let's, you know, let's can we just go home now <laughs> because yeah, no, I'm, i would much rather have people over at my house because it's like okay you know from the get-go like these people like you're you're in a comfortable place you know and you make yeah. your, you, you know and so you know it's like i'd rather stay inside and like let's let's just you know the five six six of us chill out and hang out but you know it is yeah. you know it is what it is but you know i imagine that you know, I, I get looks all the time about someone who I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't drink. It's, you know, because people automatically assume that like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to 
stuff my nose like no i don't drink like, i don't give a no, shit it's no no it's not yeah totally. you know, I've, I've got first, a lot of friends who don't yeah it's not it's well just i imagine that if i went it? to the uk i would get even more of a look because that's <laughs> that's what you do right like you just drink well yeah i mean yes yeah no like obviously you know that i think the uk definitely gets that like laddish hooligany <laughs> you know i i personally don't i don't even drink beer which you know i'm not even a massive beer person like i i do i do like having a drink but i also I don't know. I I can easily go out without one, and I feel as though if if I was going out with somebody who didn't, I if anything would almost kind of be like, oh, that's nice because it just means that you know, like I I cannot have one either. And then that's a little bit like hell. I mean, to be honest, as I've got older, I've sort of like there's been some nights out where I've been like, I'm actually just gonna have maybe one or even just like none in some cases, and yeah. actually just really enjoy it. I I my thing really is going out for food. I absolutely love going out for food. Like I am way more of a like I, I'm also, you know, really into people coming over. Not that that's been able to happen for right. a year now, um, but I really love a good takeaway or a good movie with friends, like coming round. But I also I love a good meal. I love going out. Oh, I love being able yeah. to somewhere where the music's not really loud, so you can talk, you know, and you can like for, for my birthday last year, or actually would have been the year before because of COVID. Um, I hired this place and I was like, oh, they they do nice burgers and we can all just like chill and stuff. And the music started thumping at like 9 p.m loads of people were really drunk like not people of, like in my group but people who were there and I was just like man this is like <laughs> I had that I had that moment where I thought to myself Alex I thought I'm too old for this and I was <laughs> like oh no um but yeah no it's fair I've got a few friends who don't and I think it's it's definitely nothing to like I'm sorry that's ever been the case if people have sort of you know thought that you were lifting your nose up because oh. some, for some people it's just a preference it's just a preference yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, you've known me long enough. I do not give a shit what people think about me. <laughs> Best way to be. Best yeah, way I, to I be. just go to the beat of my own drum and I'm just like, okay, like you're either going to like me for who I am or you're not going to like me at all. And if you don't, it's mm. whatever, you know, it's person, you know, because sometimes I, I get that I can be a hard person to, I, I'm a hard pill to swallow at times. Um, oh, I wouldn't say that. I, well, I, think, it's, I think it's preference again, isn't it? For other yeah. people, you know, you're not well, going to be I have told my wife that like, if you and I had been in school together, we would have been in a friend group. Like that would have, like, we would have hung out. Like it would have been, mm -hmm. you know, because like, that's the one thing, man. I'm sure you all had it too. Like your clicks and mm -hmm. stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Everyone does. Yeah. It um, is, your country get often gets a bad rap for the, it's food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We do. I think, yeah, we, I think there was a, there's a brilliant YouTube channel that like compares, I can't think of the name of it now, but it compares like, the portions that you get in the UK mm -hmm. to like the US and it's just like oh we're being robbed it's even different in different parts of the United States because if you go to New York you know you get you get a you know a 20 ounce steak okay well you're gonna mm. pay for it but you can get a 48 ounce steak for less than that here now yeah. is the 20 ounce steak in New York better well I guess it's supposed to be right because it's mm. you know it's New York City but <clears throat> where do the cows come from yeah know. are they New so, York cows are they, well <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there, there, you know, if you go to upstate New York, outside of New York City, you know, they do have cow farms and stuff like that. But, um, but you know, my dad went to uh, Europe. He went to spent a lot of time in Belgium when mm -hmm. I was like six or seven. I don't remember the age, but um, he he came back and was like, you know, they eat a lot of horse meat over there, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I, 
okay oh, like, i've never been to belgium but that's it that's bloody weird we don't yeah. we don't eat a lot of horse meat there was a scandal scandal years ago um where tesco uh the massive food check like a like a trying to think of a, a good comparison uh like a walmart basically yeah. like a sort of huge supermarket um they were rumbled because they were well I, do you know i don't even know if there was any truth in it but the scandal was they were selling burgers and it was horse meat that they were passing off as beef and it hit the tabloids it went mental everybody was like oh don't trust tesco ever again so if they're chill to eat horse meat fair play to belgium but i've never eaten horse meat in my life and it's it's very frowned upon in the uk <laughs> I, I again i feel like he was just telling me that just because or maybe the people he was with told him that because uh, he spent a lot of time Man, was, maybe I they think- do he spent like six weeks in Brussels because so, he was like training for a job. But um, he said they eat mayonnaise on a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, we, I mean, I, I love a good bit of mayonnaise on chips. <laughs> Definitely. Mayonnaise on chips. Oh, no, really? No, no, I can't. No. Like, it is well documented, the, like the disgust I have for mayonnaise. Really? I don't. I mean, I don't, it is, it is a, a acquired taste, isn't it? Yeah, it's it just like yeah. it literally like makes my throat tighten just the thought of it. <laughs> I don't know why. And like the older I get, the worse it gets because like you know when you're a kid you don't know any better. But like I just don't like. It. I don't like vinegar either. Yeah. But like I can eat vinegar based like barbecue sauce or like wings mm. or like stuff like that. Um, but like just straight vinegar, I can't do either. So like. <laughs> I don't know if I can even like eat anything over because, you know, it's all about the fish and chips, which I also don't like fish either. I'm like an extremely picky person. Oh, no, you'd be fine. You'd be totally fine. <laughs> I mean, there's loads of do you like curry? I can, not a curry person. I can eat it, but it's often like so strong, right? Oh, no, we we have milder. I mean, okay. like, there are people like me who are a whip who will just go. Like, I'm, I'm not into hot food at all. My, yeah. my boyfriend, my boyfriend uh, once ordered to give you an idea of how into hot food he is. He once ordered a dish in the U- in the US, actually, um, that had the strongest chili on it. And he ordered it. And then all the waitresses came out and started filming him as he was about to take his first bite because apparently nobody ever ordered it and he was crying uh, three bites in. So he is one of those people who will go out of his way to find like really hot food and so really like hot Jacob. places. Basically, yeah. Jake, I, I didn't realize Jacob was into hot food, but uh, yeah. That's... He wants to oh, Actually, paint. I think he, he mentioned it on one of the episodes. Yes. Yeah. No, actually, no. Now you say that, I'm like, I'm sure he mentioned that on an episode yes. at one point. But yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's he's into that food. My, my partner loves it. I am not into spice, but there are some really nice curries um, that don't necessarily, you know. I, I think the thing with Britain is that we we don't, fish and chips is definitely a thing. Right. But we 100% nick cultures but like other foods like we have a lot of really good uh sort of chinese restaurants and indian restaurants even in the uk yeah um and also you know probably german german if you fancy sushi if you fancy there's a a restaurant up the road from me called um la mexicali and uh cafe mexicali and it does amazing mexican food um that's my favorite one of my favorite foods is mexican same we we had fajitas last night dude that was literally what we We had uh we originally we were gonna make uh tacos but we're like you know what let's just make nachos and so we made this huge plate Mm. of like we like made our own nachos it was divine it was so good oh so good yeah i love absolutely love like fajitas enchiladas tacos absolutely (laughs) love it so yeah, I think you'd be fine. You could we take you out to Cafe Mexicali. You could have yeah. some Mexican. <laughs> Which that brings up a good point. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is like I know that you've been to California. Yes. But you have yes. never. We sort of touched on it a little bit, but like, what are places in the United States that you would like to visit? 
Oh, so I love this question again. I've got I've got three main main okay. entries because to be honest, there's actually there's so much of the US that I'd love to visit. Right? Like um side yeah. real quick. Like that's one of the things that I think Americans kind of take for granted the fact that we have this huge landmass of yeah. all sorts of like type of geography within yeah. well, driving distance, if you you know. Yeah. And so it's like, you can go to the desert, you can go to the mountains, you can go to the beaches, you can go to the mountains, you can go like cold, hot, you know, rain. Yeah, exactly. So much type of terrain in in one (laughs) Really? Like, really? Yeah. Like masses of different terrain. And also, like you say, you can technically drive it. Like you guys don't even necessarily need to get on a plane. So that Mm -hmm. is absolutely brilliant. Um, But that's kind of what you said is actually really quite, um, quite fitting because I tried to kind of pick different places that were different uh, and well sort of varied. So the first one, was actually in California, but I didn't go when I came over. Okay. I, I hired a car and we drove from San Francisco to LA. We stopped at Monterey and we stopped at Santa Barbara, but um, we didn't actually go here. But there was the um, Redwood National and State okay. Park so in where they California. have. Yes, we didn't go up that high. So um, wine country, as they call it. Wine country. I really want to go to the Redwood Park to see the giant sequoia trees because. They just look like Jurassic Park in real life. It looks so cool. They're massive. Like a friend of mine actually had a photo with one of them and this like hulking trunk of tree. And he's like six foot four and he's just absolutely dwarfed by this enormous thing. So um, yeah, like pure Jurassic Park trees. It's like Lord of the Rings. It is. It absolutely is. So yeah, I've I've got a real like craving for fantasy stuff like that. that, I mean, obviously it's it's not fantasy, it's real, but it just looks so otherworldly. So yeah, I would love to go to the Redwood Park. I would also really like to visit uh, Washington State. Okay. Because I'm a huge... Yeah, basically, <laughs> I get out of the plane. I'm like, it's raining. Yay. Um, it's where, obviously, some of Twin Peaks was filmed yeah. and where the, where the town, the fictional town is set. Um, and I'm a massive, massive Twin Peaks fan. So I would really like to go to some of the places that they shot Twin Peaks. Um, I believe that the hotel, the Great Northern from the show is actually a real place that you can visit. Uh, the roadhouse that kind of all the drama happens in the show, that's a bar that's actually in Seattle. So yeah, I'd like to visit visit like Washington state and maybe go to Seattle and some of the places around there. And then the third place was New York city because I haven't been. And that is, I feel like it's gotta be a rite of passage, right? To go to NYC. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's, it's very similar to LA, but on a grander scale, like, you know, it just, it just never, it never stops. New York just doesn't Mm -hmm. stop from sun up to sundown. It's just 24 seven. Is it quite hostile? I've heard like, it's quite sort of, no, not really. You know, it's again the north, the northern part of the United States gets a reputation to be of being very rude, and it's yeah. not the. Of course, there are rude people, but it's not so much that as much as they're just a different type of personality. Where it's just like yeah. they're very like, you know, they honk your horn, and it's not a hon- it's not like here when you honk the horn, you're honking the horn because this person can't fucking drive. They're yeah, honking yeah. the horn there because it's like you got to go. Like if you don't yeah, go, yeah. as soon as yeah, that yeah. red light turns yeah. green, they're gonna honk their horn at you. So. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's a different perceptive of like where, especially like where you come from, but it's also like, they're just very straightforward people where, you know, where I'm from or where I live, people like to beat around the bush and they like to yeah, not so much insult people as much as they like to like kill you with not kindness, but in a, a roundabout way. It's, you know, like the joke <laughs> is all oh, bless his heart. Like, and that's just yeah, basically like yeah. calling you an idiot without calling you. An idiot. So like, 
you know, this, you know, Southern uh, hospitality as it's called. And yeah, it's, it's, does it exist? Sure. Um, But in my experience in life, there are just as rude, if not more rude people here than Mm. there are in New York city. Um, But it's just, it's very fast paced. Like if you're, if you're like a typically like a slower walker or, Mm. you know, and they also, a lot of them understand too, like, the you know a lot of people within the city are are tourists and you know tourism yeah, is yeah. A, a huge part of New York City so um you know, like New York City is great uh it's much like Las Vegas to me uh, about three yeah. days and I'm I'm out I'm ready to go yeah I'm knackered <laughs> like, imagine it's a lot imagine it's, it's just a lot, it's yeah. just a lot you know and again we're yeah. not nightlife people so it's just mm. like you know a lot of the a lot of the appeal of going to New York City is you know you hit these these clubs and these bars and all these restaurants and stuff and it's just like you know there's a like in Times Square, there is a there's a Denny's and a Denny's is like a it's a you know, I've been to Denny's in California. Okay. Yeah, so it was great. You know about it, right? So we have mm. like a Denny's. We also have like here in the South, what we have is called the Waffle House. And like the if you've ever seen the sign, it literally looks like a ransom note or some posted notes. And it just has <laughs> it's spelled out, you know, Waffle House. Right. And so yeah. that's, like, that's where you go late at night. It's where you go for breakfast. You know, if you're if you're kind of drunk or hungover, it's great. You know, like, <laughs> helping all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's, you know, I guess it's a big deal because like me, I would never voluntarily go to a Denny's because it's also like, you know, it's, it's a chain, you know, and typically yeah, when, we, yeah. when we travel, we always typically go to, we, t- we try to go somewhere that's not a chain or if Independent. it's a chain, if yeah, it's, a chain yeah. it's a local chain, not yes. somewhere that we, we can eat at home. So like, we're the same, we're the same. Yeah. When, yeah. when we went to New York city, the last time we went, cause I went for New York comic-con in 2018 Mm. was a blast by the way it was like one of those bucket list things like i want to go to san diego or i want to go to new york Comic-Con. yeah i want to go to san diego too and mm-hmm. um it was just like the line for like denny's was out the door for like a two-hour wait at like eight o'clock in the no morning no way for denny's like, yeah for denny's, i'm like like no because <laughs> we, we only went because we were dropping off our car and it yeah. was the closest place to the rental place so yeah i mean we and also would, it's yeah for you it's new right it's you know oh, it is totally we've never been before so for us it was an experience <laughs> but i understand that if i lived there like because obviously I, there are a lot of brits that go abroad and they yeah. try and find a mcdonald's and it's like what are you doing you have mcdonald's here like why would you go to mcdonald's on the other side of the world you've gone all that way piece of to home, go and I get guess. I suppose so. Yeah. But like live a little, you know, I guess, I guess. it. Yeah. Maybe we have, I'm sure we have different stuff than you guys have. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Maybe there's things you want to try. Our menu is like absurdly like just Mm. shit like the McRib and Oh, the McRib. We talked about that. Last talked time. about the McRib, haven't we? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the same as you. I always look for non-chains. I think there's more character there and it's yeah. just, a bit, yeah, a bit more of an experience. I am... I, I like to give the South a hard time, um, but I do believe that if you look past all of the uh, the vitriol and the and the racism, like the South is a pretty good place to come to, especially <laughs> for like, you know, food and 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 sightseeing and stuff. And uh, you know, we live like close to the Smoky Mountains, and it's one of those places that's like, it's very serene, you mm. know. And it's you know, it's very touristy, trappy, and stuff like that. But the one thing that the South can do that you know, I've been to a lot of places in the United States. I've been to forty-two states out of fifty, driven to most of them, um, <laughs> and the South, hands down, has the best food. Like amazing, like yeah. it's just unbelievable. I just you know, it's not good for you. <laughs> no, you know they, you know, biscuits and gravy are made with you know with, with grease. It's what it's made with. And so it's like, but it just makes this like delicious, this delicious. Sounds so like, good though. The best like a, shit in life isn't yeah, good for you. <laughs> right. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, 
it's there's just it's kind of amazing when you like take you take a step back and you kind of just look at all the places that um because you know this question had me thinking i'm i'm not a big like car traveler like typically if it's within Mm. five hours i'll drive but it's just you know driving for some odd reason just makes me so tired and i don't know yeah it's exhausting i think it's because you have to stay vigilant for such a long time yeah yeah i mean if you're a passenger you're absolutely fine but if you're having to like concentrate like i always feel like driving uses a lot of energy whether it's mental and even though you're you're basically there's no exertion you're just kind of just sitting there and maybe that's part of the thing too is like your body is very idle i guess but it's more like like a mental exhaustion yeah exactly I think I forget the age I was, but it's one of those things to where in hindsight, I really appreciate the, the trip that my dad and I took because most of my life, it was just my dad and I. And so Mm. once I, I, I grew up in a, uh, in a town that's about an hour and a half from here called Johnson city. It's like really close to the Virginia border, but it's also Mm. where my dad was from. So like after my parents got a divorce, I, you know, that's where I went. And Mm. like the summer he decided that he wanted to take a trip. And so mm. we drove from Johnson City all the way with stops in between to um, Death Valley, California. We stopped in Vegas wow. for a couple of days. So Amazing. If, so that is, uh, if it's a nonstop, that's a 32-hour drive, but it's 2,196 miles. Dang. So that's a, yeah, that's a long ways. And again, it's not, it's something at the time that I, I hated. I was like, oh my God, because like, you know, we had this we would stop and spend times at uh, uh, like spend the night at these things called KOA campgrounds. And it was just like this community place where like they had a community shower, but like you had your own like lot. Uh, mm. I'm not, I'm not an outdoorsman. Uh, I'm not, I'm not into nature. <laughs> like yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Like, I'm, I massively appreciate it, but I'm not a camper. I'm not yes. that person yes. who likes to be out there. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I want to, if I go camping, I want an RV. I want to be able to yeah. sleep in a, a little bed. bit of luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm spoiled. So many bugs. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. I am Thanksgiving dinner for bugs. No mm. matter the amount of, of bug spray that I spray, they are coming for me. I've got the type <laughs> that they just love to feast on. Oh no way. My best mates the same. Yeah. yeah. Her blood types are really mosquitoes. rare. They just mosquitoes love her. Yeah. Yes. And so it sucks too, because I'm pretty sure my daughter's the same way. Like we go outside for 30 minutes in the dead heat of summer and it's just like walk inside and I've got, five bug bites it's like oh my god but like in you know in hindsight like we drove you know we stopped at a lot of places we spent some time in texas and all that and it's like at that time all i had was a i'm pretty sure a game boy advanced and i had a walkman so like not even an mp3 player right and so and i'm you know i'm in the in the car for all this time and like you can only have so many conversations you can only do so much you only have so much battery life but it's like I appreciate that. Like I appreciate those things, but it's not something that I necessarily would do with my daughter. Like I, you know, I'm all about taking it like a cross country road trip, but again, I'm going to be sleeping inside in an RV. <laughs> I'm going to be doing all these things. Um, I, you know, my wife has been to your neck of the woods. I it was before we got, before I met her. Mm. And like, that's one of the places I want to go. I want to go to Australia. Well- yeah this is what i was going to ask you like what places would you like to visit in the uk you know everywhere like i don't have any set preference because you know obviously everybody wants to go to london and like do that yeah. but it's just i like, think london is the myc of, of us right yeah. and it's yeah. just like maybe a, like a day there is about all i could handle because it's just a lot of people man <laughs> it, when you were talking about new york city i was like you know what you're absolutely right about people like not necessarily being rude but just like part of a faster pace of yeah. life because i noticed it myself when i moved out of the tiny town that i'm from 
to London, which is intense. And yeah, the first like year I spent in London, I was like, man, this is nuts. Like, I just feel like if I stand still for two seconds, someone pushes me, you know, people are kind of like quite, I felt like people were ruder and it's not that they are. It's just that, like you say, it's that, that pace of life is more mm-hmm. intense. It's definitely our New York City for sure, but it's worth a visit. It's definitely worth oh, yeah, a visit. Like, I'm, and I'm... there are some quieter parts of London as well that London's like lots of little villages in one rather yeah. than one big city. So there so is it's a like city boroughs center. in New York City. Yeah, exactly. Like the center. Yeah, exactly. Like like boroughs. Like it's um, the center obviously has got like you know Buckingham Palace and Trafalgar Square and all the things that people tourists come to see. But you could also just spend a really nice time in one of the boroughs and actually have like a really nice experience there because London has all these different places that are all part of the same city and they're not quite as busy. Right. It's funny you mentioned that because the the royal family we talked about it a little bit last time but things have changed yes yes (laughs) a little r.i.p phil yeah yeah and then obviously the uh the megan markle stuff you know oh yeah megs it (laughs) uh so i take so how was it perceived with oh i guess we'll start with with philip how you know was you know because on like you know that entire the whole the the royal mm. family like it's a tourist trap right like it is it is it's it's a, it's something that like a lot of people a lot of people really hate the royal family and they get a lot of flack i think you know at the end of the day i don't think it's i don't i'm kind of indifferent like i understand that they bring a lot of tourism into the country which is really good for britain right. and i think you know at the end of the day they pledge their lives to servicing one country like i mean they are almost like the og influencers in a weird way you know they're almost like they were born into it uh they're gonna do loads of public appearances their entire life is gonna be walking around waving at people who are there waving at them like i do feel sorry for them to some degree i think they, they get it kind of rough um but at the same time you know i think they, they're also a lot of people think that they're very much a commodity in the sense that they don't really have any real power you know that they are just there to draw people in so is it really fair and i guess that like skipping ahead a little bit to the megxit stuff like megxit brexit uh nice one tabloids <laughs> um I, you know that was something where i was like i kind of understand you know that that they would want to live a normal life and they would want to be removed from that because it must be really exhausting um prince philip over here obviously passed away uh last i want to say last for last week sometime um or even just the, even slightly the week before, but it's all been a bit of a blur because it's dominated the media. So um, yeah, I yeah, there's been there's been minute silences everywhere. Um, there was a bit. <laughs> there was a, I shouldn't laugh, but there was um, a really. This is very British. There was a massive uprising, and the BBC got loads of complaints because Philip's funeral, or maybe just like a program about his death. Um, interrupted master the MasterChef final, <laughs> and people really wanted to watch the MasterChef final. Like we were, people were gagging for it. So there was a, the BBC got like a record number of complaints because they moved MasterChef. So that was quite funny. So that I think that kind of gives you the idea that you know it's, it's obviously a sad thing and it's not nice for anyone to think about you know someone especially the queen you know being at the end of the day like when you strip it all back it's an old lady who's lost her husband you know right. like they've been married for like god knows how long so it's not a nice thing but forever, it's definitely right? she, forever like she it's became, your what 1956 52 something like that she's, yes she's been, yeah like they've been married for a shit lot of time that's yeah crazy man. so way longer than we've been alive both do of us. you think so, uh, not to i don't want to like cast like predict a future but like a lot of times when you've been married that long like you 
you, you die of loneliness, you die of heartache. Do you, oh, I mean, so that would, yeah. I mean, so, I hope not. I hope yeah, that her match right? is, but she's, yeah, she's pretty she? tough. She's been around for a long time. I yeah, feel like, she, yeah, it must be weird for her, like to have always had this person there. And have just, you like, watched the show? Like, it was on, it's on Netflix here about the crown. Her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We actually, we watched the most recent series. We sort of skipped ahead, which is a bit weird. We never do that with any other show, but we knew, we knew the history because it was right. our history. Right. So we were kind of like, oh, we'll just skip to the bit with, because we all kind of wanted to find out about Charles think, and Diana. So yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the season where um, there was like a, like a landslide or something or some mm. sort of like catastrophe. I don't know. I could have that wrong, but I know that like, especially on Twitter where it was like, people were like, oh, she's so cold because like she whatever had yeah. happened in this town she went and like she didn't show any kind of remorse for what had happened and like people were yeah like, and then like i guess the show kind of explores like why she can't show any sort of emotion or something like that yeah yeah definitely it's definitely one of those one of those shows where it's sort of i mean it's very hollywoodized and very exaggerated but you're absolutely right it's that you know she has basically always had to be this like stiff upper lip kind of person yeah. who doesn't show any emotion so but why i guess I, I think it's just tradition. It's yeah. really strange. It's just how it's always been. And that's why I was quite keen to know about the Charles and Diana stuff, because I don't know how much you, you know. About, oh, yeah. like, it dominated our news cycle. Yeah. Like Lady Diana Spencer, you know, she was the first person who actually was like a real human being. She was incredibly personable with people. She actually went to like AIDS wards, you know, yeah. and she went to, uh, you know, sort of overseas and worked with impoverished communities and stuff that like, the royal family were all about appearances you know they'd stand at a distance and kind of like wave right. their hand awkwardly whereas she was very hands-on and that kind of was a big divide um they nicknamed her the people's princess so you know there was and i, I do think she was probably a very lovely lady obviously i never met her but you know there's so many accounts that said that she was a really nice person but she bucked the trend and i think that was probably where the you know a lot of the issues were is that the royal family have always been this like very institutionalized thing that you don't get involved with the public and you're sort of very yeah very cold and it's been passed down by like generations and it is a really weird way of living i think that's why you know the megan and harry thing has happened i think they're just kind of like yeah let's just go and live a normal life to some degree <laughs> so, so most yeah. people kind of take megan and harry's sort of side of it they're like yeah of course like we get it like we understand it completely yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't know, like, a lot of people might feel the opposite. I think I, like I say, I'm quite indifferent. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things where Harry also is is the brother of William. So he's never gonna, I mean, he could be king. Yeah. Um, But I think it would most likely be William. And then obviously William's like kid. I think he's got a kid called George. So it's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like if the monarchy is going to be something that needs to exist because it needs to be profitable for tourism, like that's still going to carry on. Right. So, you know, if Harry wants to go and kind of have a life outside of the Royals and probably more of a life than he would have had inside the Royal family where everything would have been rules and photo shoots. And I mean, I don't know what it was like. Cause I, I don't, I've never been within 50 feet of any of them, but right. uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm personally quite cool with it. I don't think anyone's, we, we recently had a, um, a reporter called Piers Morgan. Oh who, my god! Oh my god! So Fuck he's a mass, massive, massive. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear really badly on this, but oh, I will stay. Yes, do please. He's a he's a cunt. He's an absolute yeah. cunt. Um, yeah. but he he's always he's always been a cunt from day one. But he is like massively right wing and sort of oh, always yeah. gets people's backs up. And he 
took fire recently over Megan sort of basically saying that she'd never felt suicidal or she'd never had any like mental illness or anything like that and obviously nobody knows what anyone's going through so you just can't really judge them and that got like shit loads of people's backs up everybody was just like whoa Piers that's too far so didn't he um, quit the uh the, he did the- he, he got well he basically got fired from the BBC yeah so um and I, I, I do you know what? I agree with that like at the end of the day if you're being quite hateful and like nasty towards people um but yeah there was lots of jokes going around as well when prince philip died everyone was like wait for uh peers to come out of the woodwork and blame <laughs> megan yeah um, right but yeah that's that's kind of the state of things at the moment um he, it was it's very rare that a celebrity death kind of like makes me think more than this sounds so cold um <laughs> when like something happens where it's like yeah okay they died like you know they're celebrity like that sucks but uh, you know obviously you know when kobe bryant died that was that was a big deal Mm. there's always one that really affects you isn't there and the one that like surprisingly like you know i was i was i was like sad but something that i've like thought about since it happened Mm. was helen mccrory you know yeah i know the name polly polly from peaky blinders of course yes yeah Yeah, no she yeah do you know what i'm yeah you're absolutely right yeah the name rings a bell but for a minute i couldn't put a face to it but yeah i can now and it was like super sudden because it's like you know i i am on record i love peaky blinders it's probably Mm -hmm. like one of my top five favorites i remember you finding out my my boyfriend was from birmingham yeah like no way (laughs) (laughs) and so like it's it was just one of those things that kind of happened out of the blue and you know i think she was only 52 that's really young yeah and that's crazy. you know yeah, cancer man fuck cancer like it's just fuck cancer and it's one of those things where like you just again just because they're celebrities you have you don't know what mm. they're what they're going through and what they're living through but it's just mm. you know i don't know if if she's going to be on the new season or if like she's going to be one of those things like you know what, what do you what would you do if you're in you know you're in charge of the the newest and what will be the final the final tv series Mm. Uh, season of the Peaky Blinders I think they're going to do a movie because um the 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 writer said that his entire uh idea was to start post World War World War 1 and then mm. it would go to when the when the bells ring for World War 2 and it was supposed to be yeah. the entire period so they have announced that the newest season that's coming out Peaky Blinders is is going to be the final season on yeah. but they they've left it open to like well you know we may not be done with it but this is the final show which yeah. is kind of yeah. amazing too because we're on this will be season 7 or 8 which yeah the BBC and a british show in general that's a, is, that's a long time yeah is, for us that is a very yeah, long time like, we don't what, tend to two do or that three? yeah normally yeah normally you know sort of shows Doctor who i guess yeah outside of doctor who which in itself is constantly reinventing itself right yeah you're absolutely right like for a long standing a long running british season is like four series max yeah. like for it to get to eight that's a really big deal yeah and I, you know it's gonna be and it's always weird too when like you know something comes out po- you know post-mortem and it's just like mm. you, you automatically think of something like you think of it and like man it's just and so like all, all of this talk is like i'm like i just want to go back and watch peaky blinders again like because she's yeah. so so good in it and it's you know it sucks it's just i didn't know yeah. if that had uh you know made waves obviously not as much as you know oh no i mean i, I to be honest like, i've i've only seen i've only seen the first cut of series and i need yeah. to really watch it all leo's seen more of it because obviously it's very much his uh <laughs> his cup of tea because he is from birmingham but yeah. um no i never really but it, it's definitely on my list of something that i really want to watch but i know the name i know yeah. helen crory and actually i i remember reading about it it sort of it wasn't like i mean celebrity deaths you know it's always a horrible thing and it normally yeah. takes over twitter for a while but yeah it didn't it didn't make huge waves over here but it definitely you know it was something that um 
I, I do remember vaguely happening. Yeah. I think it's the thing, isn't it? You're almost detached. Like you really love Peaky Blinders. So for right. you, that was just like, oh my God. Um, I think the only one that really affected me quite like that was David Bowie. Oh, like yeah. I remember that was just like, fuck. Cause he just released like a crazy album and there were all these hints about him being unwell and no one really knew about it. And that, yeah, that really fucked me up. Um, but um, yeah, man, we've bummed ourselves out now. We've bummed ourselves <laughs> out. Um, I am going to need to make, you can cut this bit out, by the way, if you want to. I'm going to go and make some dinner in about another 10 minutes. So okay. is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Can we? Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so it, I would be remiss if I did not talk video games with you while you're here. <laughs> well, I was thinking, let's let's get some video game chat in yeah. there. So, um, yeah, and I've just texted my boyfriend and I'm like, put the oven on. <laughs> there you go. I will come down and make some food in a bit. It's my so, turn tonight. So yeah, yeah anyway. right. Um, I've I've been in a weird funk with like games. Like I've not really wanted. To, I you know I have over two hundred games on Steam, and I have not really wanted to. Two hundred games. That's a backlog and a half, man. Well, you know, a lot of them come from hum- humble bundles where like I buy one game and I get twelve, and it's like oh, oh yeah, so, like, fair, a lot yeah. of that. Is, and, you know, and I'll pick up a game on a Steam summer sale that I like never play. Mm-hmm. um but like i have over 200 games and i've got you know a bunch of stuff on switch and it's like i'm in this weird like haze where like i i i, I don't i don't there's nothing inherently like grabbing me to play right yeah um but i did just and i i wanted something different so i ended up playing uh deliver us the moon oh is that good i've seen i've seen bits about that i, I don't know like yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's fine like you know it's I, I i honestly expected it to be a little bit more scary than it was but it's, it's oh it's, okay it's, there's no shooting there's no like fighting monsters like you're going to the moon and you're basically like the whole premise is you know the the earth has used all of its resources but they found this resource on the moon that they can send and then the colony that's there stops just up and stops one day. So then you go to the moon and like deliver us the moon. So you can, you know, so it's, it's a whole lot of like little puzzles, but it's, it was fine. It was great for like what it was. It was like five hours. It's like, okay. And then that got me. I into, like little games like yeah. that sometimes. Just and it like got a me into, cleanser. yeah, it got me into the, to the mood of playing more of a like not necessarily a point and click but have you heard of kentucky route zero i have and it's on my list because apparently it's amazing okay oh my god i've started it on switch (gasps) and i finished act one i cannot tell you what the fuck this game's about it is bizarre it is so Oh, i love i love stuff like that though and from what i've what i've heard is it's one of those like you you can finish it and you still are just like left like and it's very simple right you don't do a whole lot there's a lot of dialogue i mean a lot yep. of text yeah and you're you're, is it you're made by the same people that made oxen free am i thinking it's, of the right it's game similar in style but it's i think it's published by annapura so it's published by the Anna, same see, people annapura do great games anyway like yeah. they they did um i don't what know if it's Finch. Yes. yeah but it's amazing. very in lines of oxen free in that in that tone and so but it's yeah like that's weird. what i was thinking about oxen free yeah no do you way. say route or root by the way r-o-u-t-e root yeah root kentucky yeah. route zero but i mean yeah i know exactly yeah oh god this is on my <laughs> list and I'm, I'm really i'm really excited you said it because it's literally one of those games that i am yeah absolutely dying to get into um as soon as i finished the most recent kota episode that was what my plan was because it just looks so, so weird yeah we're playing to it well i'm I've just, I'm literally today, I've been editing uh, the second part of um, of Kota 1 because my God, me and my friend Ben just went on for so long. Yeah. Um, longest episode I've ever had to do. But it was it was great. And I mean, people seem to like it, so that's good. But um, 
yeah, I uh, I said to Ben, I was like, right, I will play Kota 2, but I might have some games in between because, again, it's quite a long game, quite heavy. Yeah. So I like these little palette cleanser games. And Kentucky Route Zero, for me, looked like one of those games because... It's weird. I mean, yeah, I'm going to look how long it is to beat because I always do sounds really weird, but oh, I'm I like, get it. how I, long? Because I, I don't I have much time. One and maybe two hours. Oh, yeah. And oh, so- damn. Apparently one, it's like an hour for the whole story whoa okay maybe each act right oh no way yeah maybe each act yeah it's got to be each act because it took me because you know I, I go to slower pace and also you know there's a i mean a lot of reading so whoa, but okay. you have an act and then there's like a weird like interlude thing and then you oh, have okay. another act and an interlude so it's like it's like 10 essentially like 10 chapters i guess but yeah, each, yeah. each little act is or each like part and it's set up kind of like a play where you have like act one part two act one part three Dude, that's so cool i'm really excited for this now so it's it's but it's so weird like it's 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 enough it's weird enough to where i'm like what the fuck is going on and it's keeping <laughs> me playing but like it's yeah. also one of the things where like reading at night i'm playing it on the switch so like it kind of makes me tired because it's a lot of reading yeah a lot of reading yeah totally so, i get you what are you looking forward to Oh, well, Deathloop has been bloody postponed. Boo. Sounds a bit crap. Um, It sounds weird, but I actually, talking of the Switch, I am aware that Pokemon Snap, the remake, is out at the end of the month. And I'm like, I was so, I'm so nostalgic for that because I played the shit out of Pokemon Snap on the N64 when I was a kid. So I kind of like the idea of getting that, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Kentucky Route Zero definitely like that's one on my list. Um, another one that I have recently played just because it was free on PS5 was um, Maquette, which is like yeah. a kind of interactive puzzler. I saw um, you finish that today. Yeah, I did. It's um, it's interesting. It's like it's it's very mind-boggling because so much of it is like the dimensions and the, and the kind of sizes of objects and you're inside it's a bit like a russian doll so you're inside this little uh cathedrally kind of like dome area and then outside the dome it exists again but bigger so okay. you kind of have to like take objects from like a miniature version of where you are okay drop them in there and then when you leave it gets bigger it's it's a it's a whole thing but okay it is it is really good i i did i mean it's just a short sort of sharp playable experience thought it was quite cool um i also really want to go and get the plat for final fantasy 7 remake because i still don't have it um oh i recently platted overcooked 2 with my friends that was fun i saw that um yeah we uh we think we're gonna go professional yeah um but yeah no it was uh, just at the moment really i'm sort of in between but anything that's like short sharps we i yeah i think that's a good do you way like of, puzzle like, games i do i do i i need there to be a story i can't just sort of like i mean occasionally i'll like dip into tetris effect if i've like got 15 minutes and i really okay. want to play something um but i like puzzlers like i think like platform puzzles like limbo little nightmare little nightmares anything that's kind of like has a story that kind okay. of hooks you along so are you a fan so, of yeah. like portal and portal 2 oh i love portal have Absolutely you played the talos principle i have not it's I've so not. good okay. if you love portal and it is weird too because you're just like like there's a lot of like secret stuff like it's kind of like in a sandbox sort of thing and you have to like figure out and get all these keys to unlock this door and like cool. but it's yeah. very weird and you're like an <laughs> ai and it uses a lot of the things of like um, like portal where like okay you've got to move this portal over to here and get this box over to here so it's a lot of like brain teasing and it's very good too but it's also 
kind of weird. If you ever get yeah. a chance to play that, it's fantastic. I think it's on PlayStation <laughs> Now, actually. So I is think it? I might, yeah, I might download all Game Pass. Like it's on one of the subscription yeah. services that I have. And so. you, it's often on sale on Steam for like five bucks. And yeah. I, th- I think there might be a VR compatible version of it too. So which Ooh. that would be weird as hell. No um, way. Yeah. No way. One thing I was going to ask you as well, obviously there's been a lot of news recently about um, Sony yes. and uh, Days Gone news. 2. Not great news. Days Gone 2 has basically been axed in favor of a remake of The Last of Us for PS5. Yes. So I kind of wanted to know, like, what do you think about that? Like, what, which would you prefer to have? 100%. Days Gone 2. Yeah. And this is the thing. I'm not even that crazy about Days Gone, but I, I think it. Days Gone 2. So yeah, you really like my I manager. My manager absolutely loved it as well. He he raves about it. I, I wasn't, I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like- Did you finish ah. it? Um, I don't think I did. No, it I is, played a lot of it for work. Is it worth? About, yeah. Honestly, it's like, you know, it's about 60 hours if you're just mainlining the campaign. But yeah, there's a lot there. And then obviously, you know, there's the beginning where it's like, you know, I get it. You know, it's, you know, there's that whole, it's one of those that really benefits from like the longer you play, things yeah. kind of open up. And like, it's, there's a point to where you're like, oh shit like what happens i mean we're far enough away it's not necessarily a spoiler but it's like you run into somebody from your from the before times and it's like you know how because there's very few games that kind of like delve into that especially zombie games it's all about killing zombies and yes that is there yeah yeah but the human emotion to where like okay Mm. you you presume that this person is dead and then you actually discover this person years and years later into the apocalypse and it's like well they've moved on with their lives and you have too yeah your your entire journey has been to find this person because you and yourself you don't believe that this person is dead and then like what happens when they're not dead and then like this person has moved on with their life yeah oh no i think i think i think i know where this is going no no spoilers (laughs) no no spoilers i'm just saying so like it deals in in, like you know it takes a very familiar setting and like yeah the hordes and like the absolute the hordes are sick like they were they were so good and and, like even to like up to you because did you ever get to the second island is basically what i was gonna ask you i think so yeah i played a lot of it for work funnily enough so you go through like the snowy mountains and then you go into the you know there's like the the big 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 hordes i mean there has to be mm. three four hundred enemies in this in the towards the end when the big gigantic hordes you know i you know i love the last of us i it's yeah. one of my favorite games like favorite narrative games you and i share the same sentiment on it yeah I, you know totally. i think there is value maybe in taking the last of us Two engine and kind of like updating it you know and coinciding with the hbo show like i get all of that mm-hmm. but like I don't think it's needed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't Maybe I think if you it, do all that and you yeah. sell it as like a $30 bundle or you sell it with like the multiplayer of last of us two, like, okay, get it. Like, sure. Yeah. But I don't think enough time has passed. I don't think yeah. it's necessary. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, like I say, I, I wasn't even a huge days gone fan, but I still think churn out something new, you know, focus on something else because we've had so much last of us content yeah in the last few years alone and i mean it's it's not that old it still holds up beautifully yeah. like it's a gorgeous game that looks amazing i know like you say we share the same sentiment on it but i think it works you know remaking the last of us for ps5 and you know would kind of further this whole 
remake culture which has kind of become a bit detrimental to gaming right the idea that actually you can just polish up something that we've had before and sort of repackage it and i i I love it in some ways you know i love demon souls i i obviously remake but that's different that's been like a game that looked entirely different generations apart Mm -hmm. like stop just kind of like remastering everything it's kind of like when you know movies do it where they sort of you know they've made a hit with shrek and they're like oh crap we can't think of any more original ideas let's just make six more shrek films right like you have to at some point get an original idea and sort of maybe i mean i I get it's you know you need cash cows you need ips but i think it's just a bit too soon and i think it's kind of come off cross as a bit greedy to some degree yeah i think sony's making the same mistakes that they made with going from the ps2 to the ps3 they're extremely cocky and they're like look and you know you know you know, and it's kind of thing too, like, you know, Returnal's coming out and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I am. Mm. But it's also like, I feel obligated to buy it because it's not, you know, I love God of War. I love Horizon. I love Last Mm. of Us. I love Uncharted. I love all those. It's not a classic. So it's something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I need to, it's 40 bucks. I, you know, I'm, I have a love hate relationship with roguelites. I, I, you know, I think if they're done Mm. really well, they're great, but like, I feel obligated to buy it because it is a Sony thing that is not one of the big five yeah. things, you know? And so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's something original. It's something new. So and I think. In a way yeah. you're kind of holding your consumer base hostage with those sort of things. Right. Like obviously like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dying for God of War Ragnarok. Like I can't wait. I can't wait. For yeah. Horizon, same. Same. Forbidden West. Like I can't wait. But it's also like all of those games that you're, you know, you're wanting to churn out all started out in the same way. They all had a first entry that, you know, maybe didn't do so well as of, you know, days gone. I know the guy that was in charge of Days Gone. He's like, you know, if you love games, then fucking buy them at full price because that's what Mm -hmm. speaks, you know. That's fine that, you know, obviously we want everybody to play it. But, you know, if you buy Days Gone at $60 as opposed to, you know, 20, that's going to speak bigger volumes and speak louder for people like Sony. So there's a petition. Apparently the uh, some petition website um, uh, over like 250,000 people have signed it to get Days Gone 2 like greenlit by Sony because that many people felt so strongly about it. And again, Days Gone, I'll let you go in a minute. Days Gone is very much like, is very much like Prey to where it Mm. was not marketed correctly. I mean, you and I, we both love Prey, but it's also good. You know, it takes, uh, we just started playing it on stream and it takes a good like two and a half, three hours for that to really start to get going. It's the same thing with Days Gone because Days Gone look like, oh, it's, you know, you're a motorcycle biker guy in a zombie apocalypse. And like, yes, that is that, but that Mm -hmm. is not what the game is. And so a lot of times there's being a disservice on the marketing campaign, you know. I agree. Yeah, I do. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's the problem, isn't it, a lot of the time. So yeah, no, I I'm with you, and I hope I hope that Days Gone Two does get made. I really do. I think that you know it's just a bit too soon, and I think that's the feeling is that lots of people have been like, we just don't need it. You know, no. it's the it's the Jurassic Park thing. It's like you were so preoccupied as to whether you could, yeah. you didn't think about whether you should, and right. it's not there yet. They, you know? Sony has so many IPs that are setting dormant that they could literally give a Demon Souls treatment to. Yeah, you know, totally, absolutely, yeah. You know, and then you've got to do something to. Honestly, you've got to do something to fight Microsoft. I mean, they have Bethesda now, so you've got to do something to make people want to buy your console. Yeah, I completely but, agree. I completely agree. But, you know, where can people find you? 
Oh, um, I mean, they're going to find me cooking some sausage and mash right now. Hey, go. hey, I'm so excited. Um, I'm literally like, it's my turn to cook tonight. And I was determined to do sausage and mash because I just love it. It's such a like hearty home food. Um, You're so playing you can... over that overcooked too skill. I have, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm actually rubbish in real life at cooking. But um, yeah, me and my partner take it in turns. So it's nice. But um, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at My Game Fiction or just at amy underscore mallet depending if you want podcast me or real me um or on instagram at i think therefore i amy rather wanky philosophical joke yeah. there and also um, check out <laughs> and at ign of course yeah yeah you can see me uh building a pc which now has two hundred and eighteen thousand people we didn't even get that. into that i know it well this is what i mean you have to have me back now because oh, not, absolutely not only are me and your wife best mates but yeah. also we have <laughs> loads of questions on this i've yeah. got loads of things here that we haven't even talked about that i just wrote down because we can talk for days so yes. there you go <laughs> well nice thank one. you yeah. again for coming and uh this will go out in a couple of weeks <gasps> exciting so, yeah but, well yeah let me know in, in the next actually you know like the next month to let us know if you got any other spots and i'll happily jump on all righty cool beans Bye. thanks dude see you later